Smart TV manufacturers are getting serious about making recurring revenue from their devices. And who can blame them when most digital ad professionals view connected TV as more effective than traditional TV? Listen on to find out more. second edition of our new Inside the Stream weekly podcast. This is Will Richmond from Video News and Colin Dixon from End Screen Media joins me. Hi there, Colin. Hi, Will. And uh, yes, we are on our second edition. And I noticed that a lot of you have already switched over. You've, you must have added our Inside the Stream podcast to your trusty podcast manager but there's still some of you who are listening through the old means, the however you were listening to it before. So I just want to remind you that you should get into your podcast manager, search for Inside the Stream and add it. We will eventually stop doing the old mechanism, uh, but you've probably got a week or two yet, but you should probably do that as soon as you can. Yeah, we don't want to leave anybody behind, so <laughs> for sure, make sure you upgrade to get the Inside the Stream feed. And Colin, consistent with our new format, we want to get started this week first by curating a few, talking about a few news items in the industry that hit our radar this week. And then we're going to get into our deeper dive discussion of um, our two big topics for the week. That's right, we are. But first, of course, we would we'd like to thank our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Verizon Media. More than 10,000 of the world's largest media companies trust Verizon to truly connect with viewers. Learn why at vz.media forward slash Verizon stream 21. And we'll include a link to, we'll include that link with our podcast postings on our site. So Will, onwards, let's talk about the news. What caught your eye this week? So one item that caught my eye, Colin, was an article in Bloomberg suggesting that Apple might be working on a new product that would combine the Apple TV set-top box with a HomePod speaker and also include a camera for video conferencing such that you'd be able to video conference through a connected TV and also have other smart home functions right there on the TV for you. And this is a product category that um, really has not been fully pursued by either Amazon or Google. Facebook has a product that does a little bit of this, the Portal product, which I know you have some familiarity with, but this would be a new type of product. And I think the idea is that it might help to revive Apple's fortunes in the connected TV device space, which have not really been very fruitful for them. I think the latest research that's out there shows them with under 5%, maybe even under 2% market penetration for these uh, connected TV devices. And um, the idea here is that that might help, again, kind of revive their fortunes. I'm a little bit skeptical, I have to say. I think that the market has been proven in at a very affordable cost point, price point for consumers. I just don't know if Apple TV coming in with something, a device that could be $200, $300 or more, if there's going to be a big market for that. So I'm a little bit skeptical, but but definitely intrigued. 
Yeah, me too, Will, uh, particularly in light of the fact that Roku refreshed its line with a new OS and, a, and some new soundbars and a new lower cost Ultra HD box this week. So, yeah, I'm, I guess you could say I'm just a little bit skeptical, too. Uh, but um, I, actually, I would like to focus on another story that we saw this week, and that was this actually came from um, our friends at Ampere Analysis. And what they found was that uh, the number of OTT subscriptions, I guess that's SVOD subscriptions, actually exceeds one per person now in the US, which is pretty remarkable. Ampere seems to think that there are 340 million subscriptions in the US and the population of the US is about 330. Uh, But even more remarkable, they say 57% of internet users which I guess is pretty much most of us these days, say that SVOD services are the main way they watch TV and movies. That's pretty remarkable right there. So if you didn't catch that story, you should go check it out and uh, read up uh, about that Ampere analysis. Yeah, 57%. That's pretty amazing. Um, And then just one last article that caught my radar this week and uh, I think is going to be something we're going to hear more about at the new fronts in a couple of weeks, is that TikTok, which we haven't talked about that much on this podcast, but of course is an incredibly popular app, is planning to launch a range of new e-commerce focused ad uh, formats. And that was reported by Business Insider. And it looks like TikTok is really trying to meld together e-commerce with um, branded videos and they have a number of different formats this i think is very much consistent with what we're seeing elsewhere in the industry right now that companies are looking to combine commerce and content and uh, particularly i think for a video that is consumed on mobile apps this makes a ton of sense because you can obviously engage right then and there as the user It's not awkward like if you're trying to do it through a TV. So I have a hunch that we're going to be hearing a lot more about this commerce content offering, uh, ad offering coming from TikTok at the new front soon. Yeah, I think you're right, Will. It's, it's It's pretty exciting. It's the right place to do it, as you mentioned. It's pretty difficult to get people to interact a lot when they're on the TV. Uh, but on a mobile device, perfectly natural. So I expect it will probably do pretty well there. So anyway, those were three stories that hit our radar this week. We'll include links to each of them in our write-ups that we do alongside the Inside Stream podcast. But now let's move on to the two main topics that we want to talk about in today's podcast. And Colin, you are going to get us started. You are, uh, we're suggesting in a post this week that smart TV manufacturers may be trying to re-energize their products and keep them in market longer. I am, and I had a, a sort of revelation I've been doing. I've been looking at the market for virtual linear a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and this sort of brought me to figuring out why smart TV manufacturers are embracing them so much. And most smart TV manufacturers, certainly the major ones, include these virtual linear services. So there's Samsung, Samsung channels, uh, Samsung, I think it's actually Samsung TV Plus and LG has their channels product. And these are pretty much standard linear channels, what you find anywhere. 
and they're really investing in them and, and trying to get people to watch the content there. Uh, and similarly, Vizio is doing the same with their watch free. And uh, I've used watch free and it's actually pretty good. It's easy to use and very accessible, accessible directly from the remote. And that actually sort of reminded me that Vizio uh, in their IPO, um, as you know, they've, they've just IPO'd again. Uh, or they just IPO for the first time. And they said in their IPO filings that they said, we believe that Platform Plus will be the key driver of our future margin growth and financial performance. And and Platform Plus brings together their Smart TV OS, Smartcast, and its advertising and sales data insight group, Inscape, into a single product. And what they're really saying with that statement about Platform Plus is that they're really focused now on the recurring revenue that is enabled by their smart TV interface. And of course, this is exactly what Roku has done. Uh, Roku has completely pivoted the company and is now in a very, very successful advertising platform for brands uh, using a variety of places, but principally the Roku channel um, through the channels that uh, the channels and content that people find there. and. This this is actually a huge change for hardware manufacturers. And what hit me this week, Will, was that the motivations for these manufacturers has completely shifted. So if you think about the motivations of a smart TV manufacturer before they really were getting any recurring revenue through their through their platform, their motivation was to sell you the TV number one, but get you to replace that TV with a new one as quickly as possible. So if you think about it, that's a disincentive for them to maintain that smart TV interface because they weren't making any money through it. It was a, it was a cost and a big cost to the business. And they really weren't getting anything back directly for it. They had to do it to sell the TV, but they really weren't getting any revenue from it. But now, as they, as these hardware manufacturers start to recognize that they can make recurring revenue through the smart TV interface, that sort of turned on its head. Suddenly, now there is a lot of revenue coming in through those smart TV interfaces. That revenue, by the way, is at much higher margin than the sale of the TV itself. Um, I'd be surprised if, even for a big manufacturer like Samsung, um, on their lower price models, if their margins were 10%, and for smaller manufacturers or lower cost, it's probably much smaller than that. Um, uh, in fact, Roku says on its devices in Q4 only had a 2.6% margin. But the margin on its recurring revenue businesses, its platform businesses, was 64%. So there's much higher revenue, much higher margin revenue coming in through those smart TV interfaces. So suddenly the motivation to sell a new TV is maybe being overridden by the fact that they want to, they want to keep people using that smart TV interface. And let's be realistic. If somebody bought a TV two years ago, they're probably not going to replace it. They're going to go and buy a Roku or they're going to buy a Fire TV. And this is 
disaster for a smart TV manufacturer that's investing in its recurring revenue business, right? So, what's the answer here? Well, the answer here to me seems to be that smart TV manufacturers are going to start taking those interfaces more seriously. They're now going to, instead of abandoning them after a couple of years and moving on to the next version, they're going to start to maintain those interfaces much longer to keep people using them. So we'll see new apps, we'll see updated apps, uh, we'll see updates to the operating system with new, with new functionality. Uh, and there's one other way it might affect those smart TV manufacturers, Will. Usually when they put, device, uh, they put components into the television, they use the components that are the bare bone spec that they need to achieve what they're achieving, which means that they probably put very low powered processors and not very much memory in the television to keep costs down as much as possible to maintain their margins. Well, now suddenly they have a very high margin business that's enabled by better computing resources. So actually going forward, we might see the smart TVs start to perform a lot better as well and last longer in the home because they have more computing resources. So this is completely new territory, I think, for the TV manufacturers. And in a way, this is a little bit of speculation on my part. No TV manufacturer has told me that they're absolutely going to do this. But I've got to tell you, the motivations are changing for them pretty dramatically, I think. No question, Colin. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think all of the smart TV manufacturers are trying to take a page out of the Roku playbook. So, you know, your point about them improving their interfaces and, you know, most importantly, supporting older TVs, which I think has been the big knock on smart TVs historically, is that you get a smart TV and two years later, it's not able to download, you know, particular apps or it starts being clunky or you know, just feels like it's outdated, um, you know, that's that would be a huge issue for them. So they, as you point out, have ample reason, ample motivation now to support TVs on an ongoing basis. Yeah, and you, that's interesting. That's an interesting point, Will, because one of the things I've noticed that's been a bit of a mystery to me is what the data is telling us is that actually smart. there are more smart TVs now in, in people's homes than there are connected TV devices. Uh, and in fact, even the number of connected smart TVs exceeds the number of uh, streaming sticks and boxes in, in folks' homes. That's, I think, from um, Bruce Leishman, one of his reports from middle of last year, I think, that said that. Uh, but when we look at the amount of viewing that goes on through smart TVs versus connected TV devices, it's not even close. Uh, Conviva, I was looking at Conviva numbers a while ago. And the Conviva says that it's like three or four times more viewing goes on through streaming sticks and boxes than actually through the smart TVs themselves. And this could well be because the performance of this smart TV interface is just not that great. And people are just not that comfortable using it. Therefore, the experience isn't that great. And so people end up spending not that much, not that much time there. And again, this motivation for the recurring revenue that could change that. That could make the smart TV manufacturers work much harder on those interfaces and the performance of the experience so that we want to stay there and we want to use them a lot more. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But 
I think we probably need to get on to our next story, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, and I agree. I thought those were all very good points, Colin. And, and just to kind of reemphasize the motivation that the smart TV manufacturers would have, um, segueing to our next story, the um, you know the bullishness that advertisers and agencies have around connected TV advertising was on display again in a new survey, in new survey results that were released by Tremor Video Unruly and MTM Global, which found an inc- pretty incredibly 90% of agency and advertiser respondents intend to increase their connected TV advertising budgets in 2021 by an average of 53%. Um, So just to dig a little deeper on that, 11% of advertisers and 17% of agencies said they plan to increase their CTV ad budgets by more than 100% in 2021. And 25, another 25% of advertisers and 23% of agencies plan to increase their CTV ad budgets by up to 100% this year. So um, when you look at those numbers, just at a very top line, it really indicates how much um, enthusiasm and motivation there is by both advertisers and agencies to move budget into uh, connected TV advertising. And, and I should add that this was a survey conducted in December 2020 among 200 advertiser agency DSP or trading desk executives in the U.S. and the U.K. So that was sort of the top line on the um, on the survey results. Uh, an important subpoint here is that 72% of respondents said that CTV advertising helps them reach their target audiences more effectively than linear TV. And this is kind of a point that I think echoes what you and I have talked about previously on the podcast is that linear TV consumption is obviously declining, but it's declining in particular among younger audiences, and they are becoming ever more elusive for advertisers to be able to reach. And so this is where connected TV has really become important for advertisers to reach incremental audiences, those that, in other words, cannot be reached any longer through linear TV. Um, And it was, I thought, telling that when Tremor Unruly and MTM asked specifically about what the primary attributes were that advertisers and agencies valued in connected TV advertising, that uh, among, excuse me, there there was a little bit of a split between the two, but agencies, 46% of them cited flexibility and efficiency of activation followed by targeting with 23%. Conversely, for advertisers, targeting led, cited by 38% of respondents, followed by ability to meet campaign goals and strong ROI. So I think particularly from the advertisers, what the message is there is that CTV ad campaigns really help them reach those particular segments that they have a difficult time reaching with linear TV any longer. You know, that's a trend that is, I think, only going to continue as we go forward when you think about, again, you cited the Ampere research earlier, 57% of internet users saying that they use SVOD as their primary way 
to watch TV. I think that number is only going to be getting bigger, but augmented with ad-supported on-demand content, so AVOD content and also fast content and so forth. So uh, it seems to me there's lots of reason to believe that both advertisers and agencies are going to become more motivated to put money into CTV advertising going forward. And that, again, feeds right back into your point about why this is such a growth area for the smart TV manufacturers as well. Yeah, it certainly seems to support some of the forecasts I've seen for CTV advertising going forward. Well, I note that eMarketer, I think they were forecasting a doubling in CTV revenue. I, it's, I'm, I don't have the data in front of me, but I think it's like 16 billion by 2023, uh, which I can totally believe looking at this data for Tremor. Uh, I mean, clearly the addressability and now the growing reach just makes it such an attractive platform. But there's also the fact that there is, you know, I, I remember just a few years ago, you and I bewailing the fact that there was so little inventory online for advertisers to reach people in premium video um, offerings. And that could not be more different now. There are now just, uh, there are so many outlets for premium for advertisers that want to reach people in premium content and though those outlets are being used by a significant number of consumers and they are growing very fast so all of this data seems to add up it seems to all all fit the the picture that we're seeing here which is just the growing adoption of ctv as the primary viewing device and CTV services, including ad-supported, as the primary way people watch t- TV. So it all seems to add up, Will. Yeah, and I would just add also, Colin, that, as I mentioned earlier, the new fronts are coming up in a few weeks, and there are a number of insights presentations, as IAB is calling them this year. Uh, and I think what those are going to do is bring a whole lot of additional research um, to the market about, again, how streaming and CTV have become incredibly popular, particularly among certain audience segments. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a key theme of the, of the New Friends overall, is that you know if you want to be able to reach these audiences, CTV and streaming are the most effective and efficient way for doing so. Uh, so the, the Tremor research, I think, was sort of a harbinger of more research along those themes coming very soon it, it was indeed and you know there was one thing in there uh, in that tremor data I, I, I don't know if you mentioned it but 75 of 75 percent of respondents believe that uh, ctv has been more important to their businesses marketing success during yeah. the covid19 pandemic i don't yeah. know if our audience has been tracking the uh, the fight between Nielsen and the TV broadcasters over how much viewing actually went on through their networks on uh, uh, during the pandemic. But the networks think that viewing was much more and Nielsen is saying, no, it wasn't. Uh, well, here's more data that seems to lend credence to Nielsen's position uh, since they were fine. They found CTV was uh, marketers at least found CTV such a useful tool during the pandemic. But uh, anyway, I think we're just about out of time. I think we are, Colin. So good chatting with you on our second edition of Inside the Stream, our new uh, rebranding of our podcast. Hope our listeners have enjoyed it. Uh, Colin, I enjoyed speaking with you as always. Uh, and, and me, you will. But uh, before we go, we have to thank our sponsor. 
Absolutely. We want to thank our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Verizon Media, connecting people to their passions with delivery, streaming, security, and the future of edge computing solutions that help brands reach their goals and future-proof their business. To learn more, visit vz.media forward slash Verizon Stream 21. And again, thanks to Verizon. And thank you, Verizon. And Will, it's been great talking with you as always. And we'll see all of our listeners again next week. Thanks for listening in.